Thank you, Brian. Still me, Quig. Snow day bumped us. Boom. Okay. There we go. You get it next week. All right. How you guys doing? Great. All right. I have a pop quiz for you. You ready? What is the mission of the church? We make disciples. Excellent. We make disciples. All right. This one's a little harder. What's a disciple? Last week I gave you this kind of three-part thing. A mature disciple is one who walks by faith. God loves faith. Very good. Number two, communicates their faith. The gospel came to you on the way to somebody else. If you're, if you're reconciled, you're necessarily a reconciler. A mature disciple is one who walks by faith, who communicates their faith. And number three, multiplies their faith. Boom, boom, right? It means it doesn't just go one-to-one, -one, but we want the thing to spread and spread and spread and fill the earth, right? That the knowledge of the Lord, that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas, all right? So this morning today, I want to talk about how do we do that, right? If, we're job, if our job, our job is to make disciples, how do we do that? What do we do, all right? How do you make a disciple? And I want you to think about this question in reference to yourself chiefly, right? How do you participate in the act of being, becoming a, a disciple, being the one who walks by faith and communicates your faith, multiplies your faith, but also how do you help other people on that journey? What do you need to do? If this is the mission, what do you need to do about it, okay? Now, by way of an illustration, before we jump into discipleship, I want you to imagine for a second that you go to seminary, okay? You go to study theology, right? You're gonna get a master's in theology, Okay? That word theology is like writ large, this broad topic, generic thing of like everything pertaining to God. But while you're studying theology, you're going to take a class. You're going to take classes on Jesus. You're going to take classes on sin. You're going to take classes on salvation. And you will have a class that's on theology proper, which is the specific version of theology, namely the study of the first person of the Trinity, the study of God the Father. Okay, so theology is both a general sense that generically is like all this stuff includes a study of sin and the end times, right? But also theology proper is the study of the first person of God, right? Make sense? We use the one term in two different ways, general and specific. In, the similar, in a similar way, we use the word discipleship broadly to concern everything about walking with Jesus. So coming to church is discipleship. Listening to Christian music is discipleship. Having conversations, being a counselor, your prayer life, that's all broadly discipleship. But there's also this kind of specific version of discipleship, kind of like there's theology proper, there's discipleship proper, which I would define as this. Discipleship proper is this intentional creation of a relationship or a series of relationships for the purpose of helping you and the others in that relationship grow in Christ. Discipleship concerns everything that we do, but discipleship proper is this specific act of entering into relationships with other believers for the purpose of growing in Christ. And that more specific version is what we want to talk about because we're not only to be disciples, but our job is to make disciples. Okay? Now, our key text for that this morning is 2 Timothy 2 2. And so turn there. I'm going to have it on screen for you in a slightly different format. Here's what 2 Timothy 2 2 says It says, The things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Okay? Now, you don't see those words on the screen, but that's the picture of it. Okay? What I want you to notice is that there's four generations here. Paul says, hey, the things you heard me say, that's generation one. I want you, you're hearing them. By the way, and you heard them, 
not just alone, but with others. That's the second generation. I want you to entrust to reliable men. That's that third generation. Fourth, who will be qualified to teach others. That this is the nature of discipleship is that it's meant to be multiplicative, all right? It comes to you on the way to somebody else and it came to them on the way to somebody else still, right? This is the biblical vision of discipleship. It's necessarily passing on through lots and lots of different people. Four generations there, Paul, Timothy, the reliable men and women, and then the others. And as what I want you to do is I want you to place yourself in the yellow circle right here, right? That's you, all right? We're gonna put you in that place of this second generation. You're like the recipient of this letter. You're Timothy. You're the one who's here in the letter, right? You're the disciple. I want you to notice this. If that's you, then there's necessarily gonna be somebody a generation ahead of you. Somebody that is older, somebody that's wiser, somebody that's maybe a little bit more expert. We might have another slide that kind of pops Paul red right there. There's some older believer. There's somebody that's ahead of you in the game. They maybe they've been walking with Jesus longer. Maybe they're more knowledgeable and they've got somebody to impart, right? Something to impart. And notice that next to you, there are peers, there are others, there are friends, there are co-journeymen. Is that a thing? Co-journerers, something like that? You're not alone. Timothy learned in the presence of others and so do we, right? So there's Timothy there, there's you in the middle, there's an older believer, there's the peers, but then there's also the people to whom you or Timothy are gonna pass things on. People that are younger than you or newer than you, that you're taking what you're learning, something you just learned that you're, you're lit up about, this is exciting, you didn't know this, and you wanna go tell somebody else? Well, who's the somebody? Who do you have a chance to impart to? Maybe it's your children, maybe it's a neighbor, a coworker, a friend from church, right? Was this thing is happening, by the way, they themselves end up, the faithful younger newbies here, they become a yellow dot too. And there's people below them and below them and below them. And through the centuries, you could trace your, your genealogy back probably, very likely actually, to the Apostle Paul. You're like the great, 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 great grandchild descendant from this chain because somebody along the way, a lot of somebody's along the way, were faithful to be disciples and to make disciples. It's beautiful. It's amazing, okay? Now, look at the arrows, okay? What's, what's traveling through those arrows, right? If you've got the people, you've got the older believer, you've got you, the younger, what's, what's coming down those, those lines? I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's a number of different things, right? Some of this learning is gonna be head knowledge, Right? It's like textbook stuff, it's lecture stuff, it's reading, it's understanding. And that's all valuable. You need information. The Bible is a book, it's got information in it. There's things that you don't know today that you might know tomorrow. And we need that, that head knowledge, that matters. But it's not all that there is, it's not the whole game. Sometimes we can think of the discipleship as just simply like you could take a class, right? A lot of it, you guys, is experiential, embodied doing stuff right you're not just a brain on a stick right you do things right and you have habits you have ways of being second uh not second but second chapter of titus has this great little little passage to women it tells older women to teach the younger women to love their husbands that's not just information that's what do you do and, and so our older wives older women have the opportunity to teach the younger women say here's yeah we walked through that years ago and here's how we addressed it here's how we improved here's how we learned to love each other better it's the things that we're we're going to actually do it's going to change your behavior right and it's not just your information in your head and it's not just what you're going to do but it really is your your whole heart right discipleship is a whole body thing and what you love is being changed 
right? We hope it's being changed because you may have noticed that we all love, this is a, if, you may, if you sat down and you made a list of the things that you love, it would probably be a long list, but I can almost guarantee you that some of the things that you love that you rank very highly are of no pass, or, or, or of passing interest. They're trivialities. They're not significant. They're not of enduring value. We love a whole bunch of unworthy stuff far more than we should. And my guess is that if we turned in our list, there'd be a whole lot of very worthy things that if they were on the list at all, they were way at the bottom, right? And so a huge part of what we're doing, this is what the, the great Augustine talked about, reordering our loves, that we might become people who love worthy things more and unworthy things less. That if we had a deck of cards, like a, you know, if you had a stack of cards that had everything that you loved, that ordering of the stack probably needs to get reordered. Some of the things need to get shuffled down and there's maybe some things need to get shuffled up, right? Our loves need to be reordered. So we're gonna pass through this. There's gonna be information, there's knowledge, things you wanna understand. There's gonna be things that we do, ways that we change our behavior and our loves need to be changed. And what we wanna see, what I hope we'll see throughout our lives as we become older and wiser, more godly, as our discipleship grows and impacts more and more, not just of me, but more people through me, is that my loves will be reordered, right? That maybe I will come to have, that you would come to have a deeper sense of the beauty of Christ, that you would treasure him more highly, that you would have, you would be downstream from your own self and you'd be more aware than you ever used to be of how great he is. There's this great little moment. I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Chronicles of Narnia and pretty much everything that C.S. Lewis ever wrote, um, except uh, The Pilgrim's Regress, which is the most horrific book I've ever read. Don't read that one. The rest of it's awesome, but that is a terrible book. But so he went like, you know, like 15 for 16. He's a good guy, right? But in, in The Chronicles of Narnia, there's this scene where Lucy sees Aslan and Aslan is kind of the Christ figure. And he, Lucy has met Aslan. She loves Aslan. But when she sees him one time, she's surprised that he's bigger he's just bigger and she's like Aslan you're bigger and he's like yes little one that's because you're older and she says I'm older not because you are and he says no as you get older you will find me bigger still and isn't that right doesn't he become sweeter with time and you understand him more thoroughly he's not changing friends we are I hope we are that's what we want to have happen that fewer trivialities will occupy our heart, fewer foolish thoughts will block us from knowing what he wants us to know. That's what we're trying to do. And we're growing in discipleship, okay? And as we do it, we're not alone because discipleship is this act of jumping into relationships, right? We're not alone. We're connected to others beside us and above us and below us, ahead of us and behind us. As you connect to older believers, more mature believers, and maybe, maybe they're younger than you in years, but they're older than you in the Lord great I can learn from younger people can you you have the humility that you can learn from somebody that's not as old as you are of course there's truth and knowledge and habits and loves all over the place right and it's not just the master and his grasshopper right we're in community there's peers there's those alongside us there's those with whom we're walking through life and sharing things that we go I've learned so much from my peers right and this act this is so crucial this act of being in discipleship. It's not just older believers that are gonna to impart to you and it's not just your peers that are beside you, but you need, you've gotta have 
younger believers in your life, okay? Not only because this is how the gospel spreads, this is how the kingdom grows, and we all need to be about the work, but because in the very act of teaching to the younger people, you're gonna learn stuff yourself. Do you, have you done this? Do you know this? You learn more by teaching than you do by the pure act of learning. If you will take it upon yourself to say, I'm going to put myself in a situation where somebody else is dependent on me, right? To show up prepared to teach, to walk through and to help counsel through. If you will be the one who is imparting life to others, spreading the gospel, because it came to you on the way to them, it's gonna benefit you. You're gonna grow way more because you are a disciple-er than if you merely take yourself as a, as a receiver, okay? You need inputs in your life. You need somebody that knows something you don't know. You need somebody that has figured out, that learned a way, to, a manner of being that you haven't quite figured out yet. But you also need outputs. You need to be a learner and a teacher. It needs to come into you. It needs to go out from you. You need to be both. This, this little map needs to be a map of your life and your relationships. Now, at Church of the Holy Spirit, there's a billion different things we want to do, but we want to narrow it down. There's really four key places, four venues, if you will, in which this process can, can work out, okay? So your little picture, you're still, you're endlessly going to be that little yellow circle there, right? Four key areas that we think are going to be helpful to you in this. They are, as you can see, your new members class, Alpha, Sunday School, and Life Groups, okay? This is not comprehensive. You'll notice that I didn't even include coming to church on there. We're just kind of assuming that you're coming to church, that you're not going to forsake the gathering with believers. But a lot of people are pew sitters. A lot of people in the world, just, they show up and they check a box. Don't check boxes. Boxes are lame, okay? Come to church. Let's worship together. Let's gather. But if you're going to take seriously this call, this opportunity for you to be a disciple, to make disciples, these are the four primary ways in which we see it happening, okay? Our new members class, as I mentioned, it just started last week, so we're two weeks in, and it's not too late for you to jump in. It will be soon, but that's okay, because it'll come around again. What do you do, like three times a year or something? It'll come back around. And this is kind of the foundational thing. If this is going to be your community, if this is where you're going to grow, if this is the context in which you'll be a disciple, man, it's so much more fun to do that with others. And you could think of it like this is the freshman class of Church of the Holy Spirit for the year 2022, right? Do you remember your freshman year? Everybody's a newbie and we're building relationships and life goes on. That's what we want to do. We kind of put you all in a group. That's like 40 people, I think, in the class right now. And you could jump in. It's not too late. You could jump in and be part of this new members class and learn what do we believe and what do we do and how does it all work? It's baseline, right? This is what we do. This is, this is who the community is, right? And you can do it with your friends. You can do it with some peers, that group, that new members class, will very likely turn into a couple of life groups. And those relationships will continue. And man, we would love that to be the case. More on life groups in about five minutes, okay? Number two is Alpha. We've been talking incessantly about it because we believe in Alpha. We believe that people need a space, a safe space where they can learn about Jesus. Alpha is fantastic for believers. It's fantastic for people that aren't yet believers. It would be fantastic for you. And I would love it. We, our dream is that everybody, everybody, everybody at this church would go through Alpha. Go through it the first time as a receiver, as a learner, just as a humble, I got questions. I want to be in a context. I just want to be able to process. I want to learn from this content. I want to jump in the dialogue. I want to enjoy the food. Come through as a learner. You need inputs in your life. And I think you would learn a ton of stuff. It would be so beneficial to go through Alpha. And then do it again, but invite somebody to come with you and go through it, not just as the recipient, but as the giver. Think about how you could maybe dedicate one evening a week for 10 weeks. What is that? That's nothing. One evening a week for 10 weeks to bring somebody along with you that they too might find a safe environment 
where they can make discoveries and grow and be disciples. You could be making a disciple as you help someone discover how great Jesus is in an environment that is safe and warm and welcoming for them, right? So number one, new members. Number two, alpha. Number three, this one's a little bit weird because I teach this thing and I lead this thing, but the third thing is Sunday school and it's awesome and you should absolutely come to it. We have so much fun at this thing. We do it the hour before this hour. So some of you were there, of course, and then you come, that's like your first experience on a Sunday morning and you come in here. Others of you just showed up at 11 and that's great. But the thing about that class, it's just a very strange class. Number one, it's huge. There's just a ton of people in there. It's a big, big crowd. But what makes it so fun is that the crowd participates. It's an unusually interactive, engaging, participating time. And here's the thing, the sweet spot, the the thing that I love about this thing is it's so easy, all right? You're already here. We already have childcare, right? And if you're gonna get, go through all the rigmarole to drive here and get here, just know this is a double feature, y'all, right? And as long as you're here, just get out of bed like 45 minutes earlier, okay? It's fine, it'll be great, no problem. Just come a little bit early and then we'll double, you get, you know, double your money, right? twice as good and we have so much fun and here's the thing if you come you're not only going to have the benefit to listen to things that are being said to hear your peers as they're sharing insights and making discoveries but you can speak into it right because you're both a learner and a teacher you're both a receiver and a giver and that class will be better if you are there because you're going to see something that the rest of us might not see right and that class is the chance for you to receive for you to give, for you to be part of the whole thing. We are roughly at capacity in that room right now, right? So we're gonna have to figure out a way to, a way to like deal with the, the onslaught of new people that are gonna come next week. But come, it is so incredibly fun. Like I said, you're already here. You don't have to drive anywhere. Just get up a little early. Lazy, come on. All right? And then fourth, and I saved the best for last, life groups. You guys, life groups are the best things that we do. They are the best thing that we do. I would love you to do all of them. If I could snap my fingers, though, and just give you, give you one of these. Okay, I have two hands. I'll snap my fingers twice. I would say alpha and life groups, okay? Alpha, for all the reasons we already said, but life groups, if I really could only do one, I would do life groups. You guys, it's the, it's the, it's the key place where everything's gonna change in your life. In life groups, our leaders deliver biblical content through self-discovered learning that promotes life change. It's fantastic. In our life group, are these groups build relationships of love and of welcome, of mutual care. And our life groups, lifelong friendships are built. It's where the laughter flows, the richest. It's where insights are shared. It's where you're gonna find the people that are gonna cook you a meal when you have a baby or lose your job or recover from an injury. Life groups are discipleship in its happiest state. And if you're not in a life group, you really need to open up your schedule. I'm in a life group. I meet with a bunch of guys Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. And we have so much fun week after week after week. Do we not? Is that not a sweet time? It's just such a blast, right? And it's, and it's nothing special about ours compared to anybody else's. There's just life groups all over the place that are so rich and that are so fun. We learn a ton. We share our lives. And it's just so good. Disciples are both receivers and they're givers. They are learners and they're teachers. Some of you, need to come to a life group you need to learn you need to receive and you need to do that in the company of your peers some of you need to strap it on step it up and lead not everybody's ready to lead and that's fine we're all on a timeline right 
Um, we have a process to help figure out, is this the next best step for you? It might be, it might not be, but we'll, let's develop it, right? Take a risk, develop a new skill to teach a group or to facilitate uh, a life group, to host, to lead, right? The next step in your discipleship just might be discipling others through a life group. And we always need more leaders, right? Because we've always got more people that want to jump in, right? And in fact, I want to get somebody up here. Brad, you mind coming up, bro? Race to the front. This is Brad Thompson. And you know, dude, I forgot to get you a mic. Come here, follow me. Can we light up this over here? Brad's so pretty. I want everybody to see him. Isn't he, isn't he great? Okay, so Brad, you're in a life group. Correct. You lead a life group. Correct. You love your life group. Yes, I do. Why? Tell us about it. <clears throat> so our life group meets Sunday evenings. Um, we'll be distracted today with some football on. I'll be on my phone during life group. But that aside, we meet Sunday evenings. We I've got a bunch of that. I got a bunch of kids at home, so there is uh, childcare Sunday evenings. Loving it. That's a big deal. Um, so our our life group, what six to seven couples in our group. Um, we to break it up into thirds. We're there for an hour and a half. So the first third. Um, fellowship, you know, some music. We do um, some worship. DJ Swain, DJ Chad are the worship leaders in our group. So great. <clears throat> Neither one of them are here right now. But it's too bad. Shout out to them. They're, they're getting their playlist ready. It's good. The last third is the study. You know, we pick a book. We study the book. That's always great. But the middle third is special because we break up into groups. The guys go off to a separate room. And um, it's a good time for prayer. It's a good time for confession of sins. Um, you know, just separating the guys and the girls. And, um, you know, we believe First John 1, 9, confessing sins, and then you'll be forgiven. So um, it's just, it's a sweet time to, um, to, to break away and to confess. And then, you know, the next week we, we follow up on that. Amen. I think that's the special part about our life group. Okay. And now, Brad, you're, you're an attorney. You have your own law practice. Correct. Your wife's an attorney. She has, she's a partner, or maybe the sole partner now in her own law practice. Correct. You have, like, how many children under what age? Um, Eight, six, four, and a newborn. Okay. And you have time for a life group. We make time. We, we make oh, it. did you hear that? We make time, <laughs> right? Like, that's what you do, right? And you got right. a million things going on in your life, but that is a really valuable 90 minutes, and it's valuable and beneficial for you. And you said six, seven couples, right, for right. another dozen or so people. And there's room. I mean, there's always room for us to grow. We've, we've yeah. Brian doesn't like to use split, but we've separate, we've, we've multiplied. That's Birth. right. Yeah. We've done that twice now. We've got three life groups from what started as one. Okay, so that, okay, that, this idea that you, you, you've twice now, you had a group and then you, some people left and started a new group and then you did it again and left and started a group, right? Feels a little bit like dying each time that happens, right? And yet, guess what, friends? Dying is a part of Christianity. We die to be reborn. This is how it works. And so we give our lives away. When we give our lives away, life results from it and it's happening so there's not just the 12 or 14 in your group but maybe another dozen in a couple of other groups that all were born out of that that's that's the that's the picture right there right it's passing on it's spreading it's growing it's multiplying and we love it we love you, mm -hmm. you so you Rachel. can join our life group if you're in a lousy life group you're welcome to come over to our life group as well um we've got room okay very good except for the lousy life group part all right awesome <laughs> brad thanks brother yeah all right you guys they're so good you want to jump in we love the Thompsons. So listen, you're a learner and you're a teacher. You're among your peers. Look at the picture. What are you missing right now? What's the gap? Is there a gap? Are you imbalanced such that, man, you're constantly pouring out, giving, helping, teaching, but nobody's feeding you? I mean, that's good for a little while, 
but it's going to run dry, right? Your ministry needs to be fueled out of an overflow of your own love relationship with God. You need to be fed. Or maybe you're the other side. Maybe you just learn and learn and learn and just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat, but you're too busy eating to ever offer somebody something else that they might be nourished by, right? Or maybe they just, there's no peers. You're not, in a, you're not in a set of relationships, and maybe a life group might be a place where those relationships might form. Maybe your next best step is to come to Alpha. It starts on Tuesday. Jump in. Holy cow, it's so good. Or maybe it's to invite somebody to come with you to Alpha. Maybe you just value efficiency, and you're like, Sunday school. I don't have to do nothing. I can just show up. I'm already here, right? Come. It's so fun. We just have such a rich conversation every single time, right? Or maybe, maybe you're ready to take a deep breath, <gasps> start a life group, right? Talk to us, okay? We make disciples. We do it like Jesus did. We do it like Paul did. We want to do it all day until we're dead because the gospel matters, okay? Listen, next screen. If, you, if any of these things are appealing to you, this is what you can do. We just made a whole bunch of fake new emails. They all get redirected to Brian and I, but they're easy to remember, okay? <laughs> new members at chsroanoke.com, alpha at chsroanoke.com, Sunday school at chsroanoke.com, and life groups at chsroanoke.com. Send us a note. We'll say, I want this. We'll help you. We'll do whatever we can. I'd hate anybody to leave and be like, okay, great. I'd love to, but I don't know how. Just send me a note, all right? We'll help you. We would love to see you be a disciple, make disciples. It's what the mission of the church is. So let's do it. What do you say? Ready? All right. Lord Jesus, we love you. This whole thing is about you. It's not about some stupid club. It's you. You are the worthy one. You are the delightful one. We want to be disciples of you. We're not disciples of each other. It's you are the great one. We want to follow you. We want our lives to emulate you more. We want to love what you love. We want to know what you know. We want to do what you want us to do. Would you help us to do those things because you are worthy, because of your transcendent grace and mercy to undeserving sinners like us and undeserving sinners like the people that don't know yet how great you are and how much you love them. Lord, we bless your name. Amen.